Blog Talk Radio. of Indianapolis. My name is Tom Marquis, El Presidente. I am going to guide you through this crazy world of sports uh, over the next 90 minutes or so. On tap today, Steve Wilson standing by in the balance green room. Steve, editor-in-chief of Speedway Digest, talking about NASCAR, what's going on with NASCAR, and of course, rolling into the Monster Mile. We've got a lot to talk about with NASCAR. Also, Tony Donahue, the Tony D Podcast, and BurnoutSports.com is going to join us and talk about uh, IndyCar down in Alabama, down at Barber. Always a great race down there. Always good to see the IndyCars back on. And, guys, yes, it's just a few weeks away from the Indianapolis 500. We'll be there. And so we're really getting excited to – uh, again, our conversations are in and around IndyCar. <clears throat> and unless you've been on the moon somewhere, uh, you know that this week, starting on Thursday, was draft. Uh, Ed Kratz, NFL draft. Ed, Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and Inside.com, our official NFL contributor, uh, jumps on, and we're going to break down and give the report card of the NFL draft from Thursday to now, compare our notes from our mock draft, it's about to get good. Well, I trust me on this. It's about to get good. 917-889-8516 is our digits. We'll be right back right after this on the Balance Radio Network. National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. 
morning face you get is when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got me. Ow, they're one of my eyes. We're moving. It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA, love your home. Oh, hi. Uh, hey. Seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted, so, um, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Le Pique, which, of course, in the Indonesian language, oh, let me finish, in the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they... Investor philanthropists, do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes, but it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wanting. Do you have any? You know what? Actually, I'm, I'm just going to order it. They make it fresh and yeah, roasted. Okay. Right. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. My name is Tom Marcus, El Presidente, 917-889-8516 is our digits if you want to jump in the conversation. Well, here we are. It is uh, the end of the month. We're getting ready to go into May. It's an exciting time of May here in Indianapolis where we're located at. So really, really stoked to start talking about some racing. Steve Wilson of Speedway Digest and Editor-in-Chief of Speedway Digest and our official NASCAR contributor. How are you, sir? Happy Saturday. I'm doing well. How about yourself? Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. Finally, the weather's finally coming out. All right. I'm going to put you on the spot here. Let's let's uh, let's just do and see if you can connect the dots here. It's going to be around 66 degrees here in Indianapolis. Uh, Dale Jr. rig Route 66. Today is Dale Sr.'s birthday. What does all of that connect to? Hmm. Is that the first car that he ran in the 66? No. Well, it may have been. You know what? I could have gone a little bit deeper than this. I'll, I'll give you a hint. Have you opened up Google today? No. Okay. Well, today marks 96 years. Uh, since one of the original highways in the U.S. was assigned a numerical destination, and we're talking about Route 66. And so if you open up Google, Route 66 will be everywhere. But uh, I thought I thought that, you know, the first one, you, you may not connect the dots with it being 66 degrees here in Indianapolis today. Uh, but I thought, man, as soon as I said Dale Jr. rig 
66, you would have got it, man. That's okay. <laughs> I digress. I didn't bring you on to too early in the morning. Okay, I'll, I'll give you that. Well, you gotta gotta get you some of that black rifle coffee. That's what I got here, guys. Black rifle coffee, in all seriousness, is a pretty awesome coffee. But other than that, uh, they you buy a bag, you give a bag, and and what they do is they donate thousands of bags of coffees to uh, first responders and troops. Uh, my friend's uh, son's in the Navy, and that's all they serve is all the different types of black rifle coffee. I buy it from my mom. My mom just texted. She goes. I uh, need some more Black Rifle coffee. So uh, she has a bag coming her way now. Uh, I think Freedom Fuel is what she likes. We always have Black Rifle coffee around here, around the house. And they got all kinds of cool stuff, with cool gear. And I get Black Rifle gear for my son and stuff. So it's pretty cool. BlackRifleCoffee.com. Check it out. Steve Wilson, let's get on track. Let's go into the... The Monster Mile got a lot to, to, to talk about. Uh, first of all, let's let's recap last week's uh, uh, races. Uh, and man, uh, I tell you, what what are, you, what are your thoughts about Ross Chastain? Let's just start there. Look, I think as Ross has come over from, well, I mean, this is uh, a mergers from Chip Ganassi Racing and Track Out. Uh, you know, Ross has uh, really picked his game up, and it seems like. With this new car, they've put a lot of time and a lot of effort into becoming, uh, you know, not not just a team that merged and bought out Chip Ganassi Racing and in their, you know, very early stages of, you know, being Trackhouse Racing. Um, you know, he he's he's been a driver that we've always seen him in the past. That he was at uh, JD Motorsports. He was at Nice. And he takes a lot of vehicles that probably should never have been run up front or even uh, close to front in the top ten and uh, and always seemed to be the person that we would see uh, in that top ten competing for wins. And when he was at Nice, um, it, it, it seemed like he just found his, you know, kind of groove there to, to take those trucks and uh, go up there and win. And that's what caused him to go over and declare for Truck Series points because he had won so much that for Nice Motorsports that he felt like he could do it, and and I think that he he's got the talent to do so. And now that you know when Chip Ganassi finally brought him over and put him in that car after what had happened with Carl Larson, um, you know it, it it really you know, I'm sorry, not with Kyle, uh, to, to pair him up with uh, Kyle Larson before, you know, everything had happened, um, you know, they, they started um, they started turning around as a better team, and then, you know, now that he's over at Trackhouse Racing, I mean, it seems like they've really stepped up their game, and they're really putting a lot of effort into becoming a better team, and uh, we're really seeing that. That's the second win of the season, and I know that anything can happen there at Talladega, but, I mean, he had to avoid multiple wrecks throughout the day in order to be in that position. And, I mean, he came he came from the third spot out there and worked his way up, uh, you know, with, with uh, you know, just feet away from the, the flag stand, was able to get out of that position and, and win the race. And I know the wreck probably helped that a little bit, but, you know, still, he, he you know, his driving abilities um, has definitely uh, improved. He's getting better all the time. And I think over at Trackhouse Racing, the equipment they're putting him in is definitely uh, helping that out. 
Steve, uh, of course, we go into the Monster Mire. Talk with us, with us a little bit about Dover. I mean, uh, we know it's a pretty cool nickname. they got a pretty cool uh, monster statue out there. Maybe a lot of people don't know. Why do they call this the Monster Mile? Well, because this track has a tendency to tear off race cars and it comes out and bites you. Um, you know, they're very, very high bank that, that run down, uh, you know, in the corners and on this concrete, the, the transition between the corners to the straightaways. Um, you know, these cars will ba- uh, will bottom out and cause these cars to, to, to get in, in multiple incidents. And because the track is so narrow, too, is that there's very there's not that much room to go out there and try and avoid somebody that is having an issue. So, you know, we have a tendency to see uh, three, four, five, you know, as, as many as a half a dozen or sometimes more cars all getting tied up in, a, in somebody's incident out there. So, you know, it's always the monster reaches out and uh, bites you and uh, causes these incidents. So it's a, you know, it's a, yeah, you're right. It's a really cool little nickname that they've got out there for this racetrack. Well, the Xfinity Series are going to have a monster uh, good time uh, today. Uh, you know, let's talk a little bit about Noah Grayson. I, I like that kid. I, I've said that before. You know, man, and just a dramatic finish, you know, uh, in, in, in overtime last week out at, uh, you know, the, the biggest track of the, of the of, of, of this season, I believe. Uh, but Noah Gregson, he's, he's the real deal. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean he's already he's already won twice this season also already. I mean we're we're nine races into the season, he's won twice and he's got six top five uh finishes. So <clears throat> excuse me, the pollen around here is uh, giving to me this morning. Yeah, um, I but yeah, he's uh <laughs> and I mean, you know, a lot of people um, you know, criticize uh, Noah Gregson, you know, for various different reasons, but you know, he's he sometimes he's he's a sneaky little driver that comes up there and uh, and is able to pull these events out and uh, you know I, you know with Junior Motorsports and uh, you know everybody that's around him over there and then you know taking excuse me taking into cons- consideration he's he's out there running a couple of Cup Series events uh, also this season for for another team uh, that's associated so it you know he he you know I. You know, I I think he's a contender, and uh, you know he's he's got a little bit. He I think he's second in points right now, and not too far behind in points. But you know he he's always a contender. He seems to be a contender, but uh, you know as we start getting through the summer stretch, uh, we'll we'll see you know how you know how this all develops. But you know here you are nine races in, he's already won twice. So you know we were talking about the Earnhardts earlier. Uh, you know what? What do what do we think about Jeffrey Earnhardt? Obviously, which is the nephew of Dale Jr. But man, I'm pretty impressed by him. You, you got to be. I mean, first of all, he's got a name to live up to, right? But really, in in all seriousness, he has did his own. He's starting to make his own mark on the track. Jeffrey Earnhardt is. Yeah, you know, you know the the thing that I always feel about Jeffrey Earnhardt is uh, I feel that there could be a little more help around him because he really does have the talent to do this. And uh, he struggled off and on just to find cars and trying to find uh, sponsors to put him on the track. And, you know, he, uh, just like Ross Chastain at one point, raced for JD Motorsports. And, you know, then there was the failed effort by another team that uh, I was attempting to come in and run a full series, full season with him uh, as an owner-operator and sponsor of that team. And, uh, you know, he's he's kind of had to bounce around a little bit here and a little bit there to, to stay in these race cars and stay relevant. 
But, you know, for, for Richard Childress Racing to give him an opportunity to go over there and really showcase what he can do in a good quality car and pair him up with Larry Mack last weekend at Talladega. I mean, he put this car on the pole. He led laps out there. He was able to control the field. And at the end of the day, I mean, you know, he, he did, you know, he did get shuffled back a couple of times, which is an abnormal out there in Talladega, but he was able to motor that thing back up to the front. And he eventually finished second right behind Noah Gregson. And I mean, he had the potential to win that race. And I mean, it, it, you know, it, you know, but to, to start on the pole, finish second out there, and to do what he did last weekend, it just kind of really just showcases his um, talent that he does have into this. And hopefully, you know, with, with what he was able to show last weekend, either with uh, uh, Richard Jones Racing or a satellite team or somebody else's, uh, you know, will finally realize that he does have the ability to go out there and run these races and run in good quality equipment. Let's talk about we keep it in the theme of family names, if you will. Let's talk about Ty Gibbs. This will be only the second Dover start for Gibbs, who will, will really wants to regain momentum after a very tough Talladega race. <laughs> of course, he was involved in an accident on a big track. Gibbs finished 35th, suffering only in the second DNF in, in 27 career Xfinity Series. Sorry, I can't talk today. I, I'm the same way. Something in my throat. But Gibbs, uh, three wins, 330 laps led in 2022. The most in the series, the driver of the number 54, Joe Gibbs Racing, Racing Toyota, finished fifth in his only Dover race last year. Going into Dover this year, we look at Ty Gibbs. Uh, what are your thoughts? Well, you know, function for Ty Gibbs is he's ruffled a few feathers this year. Yes, he's won He's won a third of all the races out there this year already, three wins. Um, but, you know, he's he's a very aggressive driver, and I get it that he's young, and I think he's made statements to the fact that he's young and he's got to prove himself in front of some of these people. But also at the same time is that you – you have to you have to know when to back it off just a little bit from time to time, and uh, I, I I think he's he's still learning some of these things, and uh, you know he's he's uh, unfortunately going to get tied up into incidents because of the aggressiveness that he does. Uh, does it does it uh, pale out a majority of the time? It seems to be. I mean, you look at the stats he's, he's already put up this year. I mean, he won four times last year. Uh, and the extended series just running a part-time, like maybe not even half the schedule or so, um, you know, but, you know, again, you know, when, when these are guys that you're going to move up the ranks with, there's going to be a time that they're going to come back and they're going to remember something that you did, uh, you know, it, it, you know, in another race or another series. And, you know, maybe you don't get the help of Talladega and Daytona that you need to go for the win or, you know, maybe somebody, maybe somebody, uh, you know, ruffles your feathers up at a place like Martinsville, and uh, you know, you, you lose the chance uh, to defend, or you know, even go for a championship, uh, in, you know, in, in uh, Phoenix the next week. So, you know, he, you know, there's a fine balance of, of being aggressive, but uh, you know, also at the same time, I need to maybe learn to to back off just a little bit so that he, uh, you know, doesn't doesn't always seem to be the center of attention. I know after Martinsville there was kind of that incident on pit road with him and Sam Mayer, and I know a lot of people didn't mm-hmm. like the fact um, that uh, Ty Gibbs didn't take his helmet off because all, people always feel the fact that if you're going to get in a fight, at least take off your helmet uh, and, and take the blows <laughs> like everybody else does. Kind of like hockey, you got to take your jersey off and throw your take your gloves off and let's go. 
You know, yeah, I think a lot of people, I think that gives a good show to the fans. Again, let's keep it in control. Let's keep boundaries. But, you know, sometimes just, you know, let let, let, them, let them duel for, you know, a minute or two. And I, I remember a couple of years ago when uh, 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 Joey Logano, Logano was uh, throwing haymakers. I can't remember who it was, but he, he was doing an interview, and he had blood coming down his nose. I'm like, okay, now, now, now we got us some old-fashioned NASCAR uh, fighting, you know. Of course, we could go on and on about some of the, the best fights, you know, that we've seen a lot of them involving Tony Stewart. I think we all, we all think about the Clint Boyer-Jeff Gordon incident. There, there was that one. So it's, I, think it, I think it adds a certain element of entertainment. Again, let's keep it under control. Uh, but, you know, so, yeah, I agree with you. I, I said all that to say that. I totally agree with you, Steve. Uh, if you're, if you're going to you're gonna throw, throw some punches, take your helmet off. And, you know, hey, let's talk a little bit about uh, A.J. Allmendinger. Obviously, he's, he's a veteran. I uh, finished uh, third at, at, uh, at Talladega. And certainly, you know, a, a good thing. And he's, he's had some good finishes uh, here at Dover. Uh, uh, so, uh, A.J. Allmendinger, what are your thoughts about him? Well, just just to just to just to back up just on that last thing real quick is that you know I I always have two rules about fighting. One, do it on the front stretch, and two, take your helmet off. <laughs> so you know those are my two rules of fighting. And, and yeah, let everybody see it. Absolutely, I totally totally agree. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's you know ticket price. You know, you know, help the help the ticket sales. That's something. Yeah, but anyway, no, uh, you know, the, uh, you know, as far as uh, AJ Allmendinger this year, um, you know, he struggled this year in this college racing car. I know last year he came out, and uh, you know he, you know he he was, you know he 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 won about five times last year, something like that. Or no, he's won once this year. But you know, he's there's been a little bit of struggles. Uh, you know, for him to even know that he is leading at this point, and I think that he has a good opportunity to go there and, and maybe take this the whole way. And uh, uh, last year he came up just a little bit short on all of this. He was able to go to Phoenix and he was able to try and uh, win for that, you know, go for that championship. But he just, you know, again struggled for Phoenix too. Um, I, I think that I think he I think he's uh, made a smart decision in the fact of going to the Xfinity Series because he seems to be very very competitive into it, and I think with Colleg Racing has really helped that ability. But you know they, you know um, you know there there's you know you you take a look and uh, um, shoot where is it um, trying to think lost my train of thought. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it when that happens. It yeah. happens more and more often. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Well. No. Uh, anyways. Yeah. Going. Going back to Phoenix. I mean, you. You look at Phoenix. He. Uh, you know. Uh, just this year. And I mean, he. He finished seventeenth at Phoenix this year. And. Um, you know, for him, unfortunately, I think he's gonna have to. Um, you know. Um, or no, he finished seventh in Phoenix this year. And he he's gonna have to go and kind of figure that out just a little bit, um, because I don't think seventh is good enough if he if he's able to make it all the way down. Um, it's it's you know seventh is just not gonna is just not gonna work out um, when we get this far when we get further in the season and um, you know he's uh, you know one one in the road course already and he's got a couple top tens out there but uh, top fives and top tens and. Um, yeah, I just, I just, I just think that, um, 
you know, while while he's 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 riding high right now, I think he's going to need a couple more wins to really solidify that fact going forward, um, because it really is competitive this year in this. And then you know, also I think they'll have to figure out Phoenix as far as when they get down there, just because, like I said, you know, finishing seventh out there, I I just don't feel like that's going to be good enough um, to to uh, win because it just you know, we always see people come into Phoenix and they win their championships by winning the race or they finish second. So I think it's, uh, you know, they've got, they've got a little bit of work to do there, but, you know, maybe they'll figure it out by the time they get back there in November. All right, real quickly, uh, before we move on to uh, tomorrow's race uh, and uh, the NASCAR news, uh, what is your pick today for our uh, uh, DraftKings $5 bet Xfinity race? <laughs> Well, I'm gonna go with Ty Gibbs today. So uh, I, I know we talked about him a little bit. So I'm uh, I'm I'm gonna go with Ty Gibbs. Okay, Ty Gibbs five dollars pays thirty dollars. So bet place. <laughs> hey, you've had a, you've had a moderately good record so far. It's still alive, so for the matter on that. Uh, but then I've had some really really bad weeks. Uh, let's talk about Kyle Busch. Uh, I mean, he's got a contract here coming up. You know, he, he really didn't have much to say at Talladega when discussing his future in NASCAR. Really, when the question was asked about his contract beyond 2022, he basically said, ask Joe Gibbs. So let's ask Steve Wilson. <laughs> well, you know, I wish I had an answer along with everybody else. I mean, Joe Gibbs and everybody over there seems to feel like they're going to get this thing done. And they said that this, some, sometimes these things take time, and they do. They really do. But you also take a look at the fact that this year that, you know, they are losing um, they're losing M&M's, which has been a major, major sponsor of this team, uh, putting their putting their name on this car for for, uh, you know, a considerable amount of the schedule. So that's kind of tied into this, too, about the fact is can they get somebody to replace them? Um, that's going to be able to financially support the team and financially support the contract that that Joe Gibbs has. For Kyle Busch, so you know you got two competing things happening at the same exact time. Oh, I thought you were—I thought you were, you were going to say something else. Okay, let's just go through uh, some drivers here for tomorrow's race, and let's get your thoughts on them uh, as, as we have a, a few more minutes left. Let's talk about uh, Martin Truex Jr. Uh, with with uh, Joe Gibbs Racing. Speaking of Joe Gibbs Racing, go right ahead. Uh, what do I think about uh, what do I think about him? Um, <laughs> well, I, I think with my, I think with Martin not as a person, just as a race at, at, at Dover. How about that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I know. I'm, I'm just told you it's a little bit early for me, and I'm I'm my mind is on black a couple of times. No, I understand you know, with, completely. Uh, with, um, with Martin Truex Jr., he he has uh he ha- he has two top fives this year. Um, so I know that there's some struggles there with that team, and he's uh, 40, 41 or forty two years old this year. So I mean he's got some he's he's coming to the close of his career, and I know that you know we we used to talk about uh you know him an awful lot week in and week out a lot of times, but you know it seems to be coming less and less that we talk about him. And, and you know, so far this year, we're we're a third of the way into the season, and you know, we we just got he doesn't have a win yet, and he only has two 
Tom's top five finishes. So um, I know he's got some he's got some stuff that he needs to figure out for them and Joe Gibbs Racing too. Well, he's 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 ten to one odds, so we'll see what happens on that. How about uh, let's talk a little bit a little bit about uh, uh, Chase Elliott, obviously with Hendricks Motorsports, his odds tomorrow are eight to one. Uh, this could finally be uh, you know Elliott's uh, weekend uh, to snag his first victory since winning the 2020 championships. So, uh, Chase Elliott. Uh, yeah, I mean uh, Chase Elliott, like you say, he's uh, he's been winless all the way. He's been all the way through, so uh, you know he, he's going to have to pick. He's going to have to pick this thing up too. And you know, I think they're just really when you talk about it, when you when you talk when you talk about the um, uh, um, the champion. Well, you just talk about the Cup Series as a whole. I mean, it's really it seems to be more competitive this year, and we see a lot of first time winners. So you know, a lot of these drivers are good that you've already named as far as Martin Truex Jr. and uh, uh, Chase Elliott and some of the others that you know we would traditionally see you know in victory lane already. You know they're they're having a tough time, and I think it's a combination between the the new car that they got out there, and also the fact that you know we've got a lot of really really good drivers that are in the series um, this year. Oh, I'm sorry, I thought you were saying something else. Kyle Larson, what about Kyle Larson? Hendrick Motorsports as well, number five Chevrolet, odds ninety two. Uh, again, still like Kyle Larson. I'm still on the Kyle Larson train. Uh, and, and remember what uh, Hendrick Motorsports did last year at Dover, going one, two, three, four, uh, becoming uh, just the, the, the third team in NASA car history to accomplish that feat. So will they repeat that feat? I'm, I'm a poet today, uh, Steve. <laughs> will they repeat that feat? Uh-huh. Well, you know, uh, you know, they've always had good times out there um, going. Uh, we've seen Chevrolet do a lot of great things out there at, at Dover over the years. Um, but again, you know, we're we're just not seeing a whole lot of that this year, where you know teams are are lining up like like that, you know, and, and competing close enough together to to be in those positions. And you know, Kyle Larson uh, won out at Fontana earlier this year, and you know, for him, uh, you know, just like I said, you know, they're they're it's so competitive in the series right now that a lot of these drivers that. You know, what did he win, 10 times last year or 10, 11 times last year? I mean, at this point in the season last year, he had already won multiple times, I mean, for the, for Hendrick Motorsports. So, I mean, it's like <laughs> he's won one time. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's really competitive out there right now. And I I think as these teams – I think what, you, what you're going to see is, is first you're going to see a lot of these teams come in uh, to a lot of these races, and they're, gonna have, they're having to build notebooks up. And, and by the time that we get back, I think then that's when we start seeing some of these teams really line up. We start seeing the Kyle Larsons of the world uh, really start to dominate some of these races on the back half of this season when we start revisiting some of these places. I've been talking with Steve Wilson, editor-in-chief of Speedway Digest, for breaking down Dover. One more driver, and then we got we got to bounce in this segment. Let's talk about Kevin Harvick. I mean, you know, Stuart Haas Racing, number four Ford. His odds, by the way, are 14-1. to 1. Uh, they're bringing out all the big guns this weekend, and I, I look for Harvick to, you know, be uh, sneaky good, uh, and uh, you know, get maybe even get into victory lane. Uh, what are your thoughts, Kevin Harvick? Um, well, I mean, he hasn't won since 2020 at this point when he won, uh, um, you know. 
uh, what, eight races or something like that. Um, you know, it's, it's, you know, last year he had 10, 10, 12, something odd, top 10, uh, top five finishes. Um, you know, and, and, but he never visited victory lane at all. Uh, and so far this year, he only, and uh, he only has one top five finish this year. So, um, you know, as, as you start to see the decline, and, you know, there's been a lot of questions coming around Kevin Harvick about when he's going to end his career. And, and I, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't have a magic ball as to, you know, when he'll uh, finish his career, but, you know, I know that, you know, we, you look at him, he's, he's uh, almost 50 years old. And I mean, you know, yes, he's still competitive uh, week in and week out, but you know, for how long does he decide to stay in this car is going to be a question. Uh, I think that a lot of determinations uh, happen over like the next season or so to see where he is and where he's competitive at. All right, Steve, let's let's get to it. Your DraftKings five dollar pick is who? Um, for tomorrow's race, Bowman. Bowman in the 40. Alex Bowman. $5 bet. Pays you $55. <laughs> we'll see what happens. <laughs> Steve, Steve Wilson, Editor-in-Chief of Speedway Digest. We do appreciate you joining us. Where can people find your work in Masterpieces and what y'all working on? You can find us at Speedway Digest on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Speedway Digest and SpeedwayDigest.com. All right, Steve, we appreciate you. You have yourself a good weekend and good race weekend, sir. All right. Thank you much. Talk to you later. Thanks. Bye-bye. Steve Wilson, editor-in-chief of Speedway Digest, joins us. We'll be right back right here on the Balance Radio Network, right around the corner, Tony Donahue, the Tony D podcast. We're going to be talking some IndyCar and some a little bit of NBA right here on the Balance Radio Network. Old town road, I'm gonna ride till I can't no more. I'm gonna take my horse and the old town road, I'm gonna ride till I can't no more. I got the horses in the back, horse back is attached, head is mad at black, got the boots black to match. Riding on a horse, ha, you can whip your horse. I've been in the valley, you ain't been up off that porch now. Can't nobody tell me nothing. You can't tell me nothing. Can't nobody tell me nothing. The Air National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. Oh, hi. Uh, I've seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle Coffee here? 
No, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. No. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted. So, I don't, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Lekwa Piquet, which, of course, in the Indonesian language, oh, let me finish. In the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they investor philanthropists? Do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes. But it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wanting. Do you have any? You know what? Actually, I'm, I'm just going to order it. They make it fresh and roasted. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. Hi, this is a good one, kind of groove. NASCAR is our official NASCAR contributor. He joined us in talking about Nova, during, uh, Dover. Sorry, joining us now, uh, Tony Donahue from the Tony D Podcast. Tony, what is going on, sir? Hey, how are we doing this morning? Good. It sounds like you're being dragged by a train. Oh, I'm at the store, and the cart is not very <laughs> quiet. <laughs> Be all multitask. You're not the first person that did some uh, grocery shopping while while on the balance. So I'm gonna I'm gonna start this off. Have you use your your brain a little bit? The same. I'll give the same questions to you that I gave to to Steve. It's going to be above 66 degrees today here in Indianapolis. Dale Jr. had a 66 rig. Today is Dale Senior's birthday. But what other important thing is today? Uh, um, that I do not know. Have you been? Here's a hint. Have you been on Google today? I have not. Okay. Well, today is Route 66 Day. Saturday, today Saturday marks 96 years since one of the original highways in the U.S. was assigned a numerical destination. Of course, we're talking about Route 66. Have you ever been on Route 66, Tony? Uh, I think I have, but um, it's been a while. I tell you what, my bucket list at some point is to go the old Route 66 from from point A uh, in Chicago, I believe, and it goes all the way out to the Bay in, in California. I always thought that would be a cool trip. Uh, if you ever watched the movie Cars, it was basically filmed on the old uh, – can an animated film be filmed? Yes, I guess, but it takes place – on the outside of the old Route 66. So uh, just a good, a good piece of uh, history to, to get us started. Well, let's get things going. Um, real quickly, do you have any thoughts on Dover today before we move over to Barber? Um, Dover's just always one of those toughest tracks where there's not a lot of give, and you've got to really have your car dialed in because that, 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 that's a fast track with uh, with the walls coming on you. You know, the, the Dover monster will come up and bite you. So you really got to be careful at Dover if you're going to have a good run today. Um, and those cars, as we've learned so far this year, 
um, are very fragile, for lack of a better term. Who's your pick for Xfinity today? Um, <laughs> haven't really watched, but I feel like I can always go with either AJ All- or excuse me, go with uh, Allgaier. Uh, J- uh, mm-hmm. Justin Allgaier is always a guy that, that's good on those tracks that has yeah. a lot of experience. Or uh, Ty Gibbs is always fast as well. So look for one of those two. Yeah, we were just talking about Ty Gibbs, uh, but it's just more about, you know, if you're going to get in a fight and stuff, uh, take your helmet off. <laughs> yeah, t- yeah, that's, that's <laughs> written rule number that's one. <laughs> that's right. Written, hey, well, you know what? Cl- that's right. Uh, we're getting closer to the Indianapolis 500. That's going to be really, really exciting. I mean, just super stoked about that. But we've got an IndyCar race this week in Barber. Talk with us a little bit about what we've learned this week from IndyCar. Uh, out at a very, very good race to watch and fun race to watch in Alabama at Barber Motorsports. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a great track. We saw practice yesterday come through. Um, you know, you think about um, the way that the season has started with two street courses and two and then one oval. So you're, you're, you're going to your first true road course coming up here um, this weekend. So. Uh, looking forward to it. I guess the biggest storyline, Tom, is can anybody knock off Team Penske? They've been hot all year. Mm-hmm. They've won the first three races of the season with Joseph Newgarden winning two and Scott McLaughlin winning the first in St. Pete. But also, I mean, Will Power sitting right there, fourth in points. He's had some really good runs this year. I think he has an average finish of around fourth. So he's having a hell of a year. And usually, if, if it wasn't for Newgarden and McLaughlin dominating, I think they've led – I think between the three Team Penske cars, they've led 170 laps more than any of the other team, uh, more than all the teams combined. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what exactly goes on at Barber, a a track that last year Alex Polo won on and kind of set himself up for a championship season. So, um, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens down there. It's it's a fast track, um, and we should see some excitement because, uh, you know, we talk about, gearing up for the month of may and and this you know this will be race number one in the month of may there's three races plus qualifying so really setting ourselves up for four action-packed weekends here uh when it comes to indycar over the next five in the month of may let's talk about joseph newgarden obviously uh uh, this past month he's gotten a he's gotten a uh a new baby uh, he well raced mm-hmm. and he's he's really on fire. So Joseph Newgarden, uh, he he seems to have a new uh, uh, pep in his step, if, if you will. Well, yeah, and, and you think about you know Newgarden's season so far. You know, you win at Texas on the last lap, you dominate Long Beach, which is probably the second most prestigious race on the schedule, um, and just to start out the season like he did and you're thinking, okay, it's another championship season in the works here for him, um, which is certainly possible, but he's got to, he's got to run well at Indy. I mean, he was fastest in the test last week at the Indianapolis motor speedway. He just has to run better at Indianapolis. He's, he's, it's been a, it's been a track where he hasn't been able to, to really contend. He had the one year in 2016 where he was up front leading. And then obviously Alexander Rossi stole the show with his strategy. So, um, yeah, New Garden's off to a great season. It's really uh, what he's done so far is all you could really ask for. I mean, uh, anybody would take that start to the season. He looks really good. That team looks really good. Uh, can he put it together at Barber where he's won three out of six races? Yet last year he wrecked on lap number one. So 
if he can put it together, gain that momentum and come to Indianapolis, he might be the guy to beat uh, in the Indy 500 if he can prove that he can run up front consistently on race day. You know, uh, Barber Motorsports, I think, well, of course, Indianapolis is the favorite of all IndyCar fans, but I think Barber Motorsports is certainly in the top five, but not the second favorite of, of fans. Talk with us a little bit about why Barber Motorsports Park is such a, a fun track to watch outside of the big spider, and, and maybe do you have a story behind that? I don't, I don't know. I know that's one of the things that it's known for is this huge spider, uh, but uh, uh, talk with us a little bit about what makes Barber Motorsports Park a, a, just a fun track to watch. Yeah, I mean, you've, you've got that, and you've got the, the lady hanging down off the bridge. So it's, yes, really known for, one, yeah. Yeah, it's really known for its landscape, and it's a beautiful park in Alabama, and it's, it's, a, it's a place where drivers want to win. It's a fast-sweeping track. Um, probably one of the most physically demanding tracks on the circuit, certainly the most physically demanding track uh, when it comes to the road courses, the 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 permanent road courses that we see in in in, in the series, um, you know, it's hard to compare it to a street race, which is always demanding. But um, it's a great track. It's fast, um, and you know, this is this is usually one of those tracks where the where the cream of the crop rises, right? If you're going to be running for a championship, or you're going to be in contention uh, for race wins, uh, and you're going to be a serious contender, then this is certainly a place that. Um, you know, you're going to want to perform at, and we will see that here over the next 24 hours as as uh, we gear up towards uh, tomorrow's race, which should be spectacular. Well, let's get a, a, a conversation about a few drivers, and we'll get, get your pick there, and then let's talk a little bit of NBA. Colton Hurd, I like him, certainly sets the pace as Andretti drivers really dominate uh, practice uh, over there at Barber. So Andretti, Team Andretti, but uh, more precisely, uh, Colton Herta, what are your thoughts? Yeah, Colton's a guy that's been fast but hasn't just been able to put together a full race weekend, right? Like he was really good at St. Pete, dropped off, had to pull at Long Beach and then crash. So, you know, right now it's just about can Colton put together a full weekend. Uh, and, and I'm not even saying win the race when I say put a full weekend together. It's just – stay consistent and find yourself, um, you know, maybe inside that top five or on a podium finish. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what Colton Herta can do. Um, he was the odds-on favorite coming in, and he backed it up in practice yesterday. Uh, but but really, we're just waiting for Colton to be able to step up and put a whole race weekend together. So do we think this is going to be a uh, Team Penske or an Andretti sports winner uh, or uh, another uh, stable you think will win in, in – uh... Barber. Yeah, I talked about this on, on my show earlier in the week, and we taped it, and, and I thought to myself, who if, if anybody's going to knock off Penske, who's it going to be? Will it be Andretti with, with Roman Grosjean and, and possibly Colton Herta? But i got to go to Chip Ganassi Racing. You know, Alex Pillow won this race last year. He was second fastest in practice yesterday. Um, I really like what he does at this racetrack. And Scott Dixon. Scott Dixon's got an average of like 3.9 at Barber Motorsports Park. So this guy, over his career, since they first started going there in 2010, he's averaging a podium finish. So um, if I'm going to pick anybody to beat Team Penske this weekend, it's going to be Chip Ganassi Racing. And I think they will. I think Ganassi will get the first one of the year. Will it be Alex Pillow or Scott Dixon? Uh, I'm not sure, but that's that's something that will be determined here later on in qualifying, I think. 
Here we are. We're rolling into the NBA playoffs. We appreciate you jumping on and talking some NBA uh, NBA playoffs. Obviously, we're, we're still kind of early, but uh, let's talk a little bit about the NBA playoffs as you see it, and uh, we'll, we'll get your thoughts on some, some teams and key players, and I promise you it won't include the Pacers. <laughs> kidding. I yeah, should have gone there. I, I know. I think, too early, too early. Go ahead. Yeah, I think that the NBA playoffs have been entertaining so far. Um, keeping up with the injuries has been almost as as entertaining or not entertaining um, as it can be, right? Because you've got guys entering protocols and then you've got guys missing big-time games. And it's honestly been difficult to kind of follow and to kind of make sure you know what's going on if you're doing it from a betting standpoint. I thought it was a great series between the Timberwolves and Grizzlies. I would have loved to see a game seven tomorrow, but an absolute collapse last night. I think they were outscored 27 to 10 in the fourth quarter. The, the Timberwolves were, were cruising in that third quarter. They had a, they had a big lead. I think they pushed it to, to an 11 point lead on a 10 0 run there. And then uh, John Moran, they just, got high percentage shots and were knocking them down late in the game to get back in it. Then they really just took over in that fourth quarter. So that was an entertaining series. I mean, some people were surprised by the Mavericks going to Utah on Thursday night to pick up a win and advance in that series. Um, you know, Utah's a team that they're good, but, but they're kind of an older good. And Mike Conley is a great player, but, but you know, he can't give you what he used to. Uh, Boyan, or, you know, Bogey, who we know here in Indianapolis, can't give you what he used to. Obviously, they, they made some trades earlier in the year. So, what's cool to see the Mavericks, despite the fact that uh, Luka missed some time, Jalen Brunson steps up. We might see another superstar in him. He's a guy that, that proved that he can play when needed. Um, in the East, Bucks and Bucks and Celtics coming up today, that's going to be, yeah. I think, the best series that we tomorrow. will see. Because Boston, oh, did they play tomorrow? Boston today? Is, I thought they played tomorrow. Sorry. I think it's today at 1, if not mistaken. Um but the Celtics have shown that they are the, they, they could be the team to beat right now because they are hot, firing on all cylinders. Um, they, they've been coached well. They've played well. The Bucks are still, you know, as we know, the defending champions. And we'll see what the Phoenix Suns can do at West because, you know, with the Suns, when you get Devin Booker back, then it's like, okay, it's a whole different ballgame. Chris Paul can only do so much, right? Like he's at 37 years old, so he can't really put the team on his back like he might have used to. Uh, Mikael Bridges has kind of stepped up for the Suns as well. So, We've seen some really good series. Um, you know, Warriors and Grizzlies start tomorrow. That should be a good one. I think the Warriors will cruise. They're still my pick to get to the finals. Um, but, but, man, I'm, I'm really going to be paying attention to this Boston-Milwaukee series because this is a series that I think, you know, Philadelphia has been good in knocking off Toronto. Um, you know, and obviously, you know, the Nets struggled and, and got bounced and got swept. Um, but, you know, I, I think Boston and Milwaukee, the winner of this series, will be the team that ends up in the NBA Finals. I mean, it's the first of the month, so I was Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what, are you, what are your thoughts about, uh, you know, uh, Miami and Philadelphia series? Yeah, that's going to be a good one, too. But, again, Miami just seems to always be injured, right? Jimmy Butler will miss a game. Who's going to step up in his absence? They, they really don't have anybody uh, although Victor Doladipo did step up last week, but can you consistently get that from Victor? And can he consistently stay healthy through a seven-game series? Philadelphia has been tough. That was an impressive to go up and beat uh, a Toronto team. That's a very tough place to play, even though Toronto was 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 legit, pretty much banged up. But uh, I, I just, I just, it's hard for me to pick Tom, a team that's led by James Harden, to make it make it any further than what they already have. Talking with Tony Donahue, talking about the NBA playoffs. Uh, Tony, uh, it sounds like you've got a lot going on there, but I want to make sure that that we uh, we we cover 
uh, the uh, the NBA a little bit a little bit more. So when we when we look at how the NBA playoffs are are structured, and we say okay, the Warriors, we said earlier on in the season that that it would be Warriors and Bucks. Are, are you changing that story to maybe Warriors and Bucks? You know, you could certainly make an argument for it. Like I said, I think that the Bucks and Celtics would be the best series that we see throughout this entire playoff. Um, I do believe that um, this will go seven games. The Bucks, they just they just beat you in so many ways. Pat Connington had a huge game the other day. We've seen Grayson Allen step up and put up career numbers for the Bucks. Bobby Portis, a guy that um, the Pacers could have drafted over Miles Turner, but they didn't. I know he's bounced around between the Bulls and then found the home in, in Milwaukee, but um, you know, the Bucks can beat you in so many different ways. With Boston's had guys, you know, like you know, Gary Williams, who you've probably never heard of, step up and play some big minutes, and it's so tough to go into Boston. So um, that should be one hell of a series. And I think the Warriors are going to continue to roll. Uh, if Steph can stay healthy, Clay can get that shot going. You still got Andrew Wiggins, uh, Draymond Green, who a lot of people hate, kind of uh, is a catalyst for that offense. And uh, I think that's going to be the team to beat because the Warriors can shoot in any gym – in, in the league, and, and, and it, it, it's tough to defend that. It's tough to defend uh, two of the best three-point shooters in history, and then you've got a guy in Jordan Poole for the Warriors who is really coming on strong and uh, showing that he's, he's worthy of a huge contract and he's worthy of being a, a superstar. All right. Well, typically we would ask you for your DraftKings race pick today, but we're going we're gonna to pass on that. We do have your Xfinity race pick, but we do want your DraftKings NBA uh, pick for today with the Bucks and the Celtics and the Warriors and the Grizzlies. You know, I think if you're going to bet the Bucks game today, uh, this is a game that's probably going to be very, very uh, well-rounded on the defensive end, so I would take the under in that one. And tomorrow, I think coming off of that game last night in the huge fourth quarter that they had, I think the Grizzlies will struggle to kind of bounce back, come back home. So give me the Warriors in game one coming up tomorrow. Warriors in game one tomorrow and the under in the uh, pays $9 in the under. And we'll get the other one picked here in just a, a moment. And we'll have it all up on our social media. Tony Donahue with the Tony D Podcast. What are you guys working on? Where can people find your work? Masterpiece, sir. Yep, month of May. We'll have uh, anything you need when it comes to, to racing in the Indy 500. It should be fun. All right, Tony. I hope you uh, got everything nutritious. Nothing, no, no junk food. <laughs> no beer. <laughs> All good. <laughs> All right, buddy. Of it. We'll talk with you soon. All right. See ya. All right. See ya. <laughs> Tony Donahue, king of multitasking, doing his shopping and talking on the balance. Hey, I'll tell you what. If, if that's if that's what you got, that's what you got to do. <laughs> you know, I, I know I'm 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 totally digressing here, but uh, we always just order online and didn't go pick it up. That's just how we are. Nine one seven eighty nine eight five one six. We're gonna get get this show back on the rails again here with Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and 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 uh, SI.com and our official NFL contributor. We're going to break down the report card of the NFL coming up right here on the Balance Radio Network.
National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family. So the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. When you don't go to geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on Geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything. Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh my god, it talks! Run! No, it's me, Linda from HR. It looks hungry! Save the children! Save them! Stay back! I've got me! Ow! They're my eyes! We're moving! It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA. Love your home. Oh, hi. Uh, I've seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. Well, it is... Great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted, so I don't, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Lekwa Pique, which of course in the Indonesian language, oh, let me finish. In the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they investor philanthropists? Do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes, but it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wanting. Do you have any? You know what, actually, I'm, I'm just gonna order it. They make it fresh and roasted. Okay. Right. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. Thank you. 
right, and welcome back to The Balance. My name is Tom Mark McFell, Presidente, 917-889-8516. Thank you, Mr. Steve Wilson, Editor-in-Chief of SpeedwayDigest.com, talking to us about Dover, the Monster Bat Mile. And certainly we're going to see some carnage there today and tomorrow in the NASCAR series. Also, Tony Donahue, the Tony D Podcast, joins us and talks a little bit about the Barber Motorsports uh, race going out in with IndyCar. This weekend should be uh, a, a great race to watch. And certainly uh, Team Penske's on fire. Joseph Newgarden's on fire. And it, it's even more exciting because we're just we're less than 30 days away from the Indianapolis 500 here in Indianapolis, where we're located high atop the Balance Studios in the west suburbs of Indianapolis. So stoked about that. Uh, one of my favorite times of the year. I, I would say it's right up there with Christmas. Uh, but uh, Santa Claus and NFL is with us right now. Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and SI.com. How you doing, sir? Hey, a little, uh, you know, a little tired, Tom, but, uh, you know, it is what it is, the NFL draft. And, uh, have, you, have you slept since Thursday? Uh, a little bit, a very little bit. Uh, <laughs> you know, well, the alarm went off a little while ago. So hard, hard okay. It, you know? well, I thought I was going to sleep right through it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just dreaming about that alarm. Uh yeah. I've actually had that happen where, you know, I'm hearing the alarm, but I'm like asleep and I'm, I think it's like a dream. <laughs> and then, then it's not. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, my God. Uh, the, I think that's the worst sound. You know, I think everybody uses the alarm on their phone now. And I think that is the worst sound. Uh, Melissa's went off earlier today. I was like, I can't stand that sound. It really drives me. So, I, okay, I know you're tired, but I, I've, had, I've made everybody else today. Uh, answer some questions to use their brain. Okay, so we're going to do a, se- a sequence of questions. I want you to see if you can connect what I'm talking about. Today it's going to be above 66 degrees here in Indianapolis. In the NFL, uh, Ray Nadeski, 1958 to 1972 with the Green Bay Packers, uh, wore the number 66 jersey. Going to NASCAR. Dale Jr. had a number 66 rig. Today is Dale Sr.'s birthday. All of those days are great, except there's something else going on today. Do you know what that is? Uh, oh, boy. Um, <laughs> I don't. Okay. Okay. You know what? Don't feel bad. Nobody's been able to get this, so I feel like I've stumped the crowd today. Have you been on Google today? That's a hint. Don't do it right now. No, I that doesn't count. I, I, I have <laughs> okay. not. I, uh, okay. On Google, it's got in the middle 66. Today marks the 96, uh, 96 years since the original highway in the U.S. was assigned a numerical destination. Of course, we're talking about Route 66. Have you ever been on Route 66, sir? Well, I, I've been all over this country. I can't remember being on. Where, where does that run? I, usually, I'm flying around this country, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it, yeah, it, where, it where goes, is it? It goes. Yeah, it goes across the United States. Um, it, it, it starts. It started in Chicago, but it goes all the way out to the Bay Area. So it goes. There's different parts of it now, uh, but it started in Chicago, and it's a direct route. But it goes through various different states, various different terrains, and ends out there in uh, California by the Bay Area. So, you know. Oh, okay. Well, and, I, have I, you ever I, seen I've the movie Cars? 
the cartoon yeah, the, movie cards for kids. Pixar, yeah. yeah. Uh, I have. Well, yeah, Route 66. Yeah, it takes right. place on the old Route 66. Which, and in different scenes, you'll see the highway and the cars going back and forth. And just oh. off, off, the, off the – we'll just say it's the ultimate off-the-beaten-path road uh, that you can take to go across the United States. Yeah, because I've been on Route 80 from east to west, and I think that goes uh, the whole way. I've been on that. You know, I've driven out west all, all the way out. So, but uh, I don't well, remember seventy does it. Maybe, or maybe it was. Oh yeah, Route 66 yeah. is one of the most famous highways ever in the United States. But that's okay. Yeah. Even though okay. we, even we're though getting... we're, we're talking about the report card, we're, we're not we're not going to give you demerits or or whatever uh, report cards. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Melissa in her real life is a school teacher. We were talking about this the other day. Nobody gets the like when I was a kid, you got a paper report card that you had to take home, have your parents' signature and bring it back to the teacher. Do you remember those days? Of course. <laughs> yeah, right. I always I, that's where Not I learned these to days. forge. That's where I learned to be a forger. <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate forger, and we're not talking about gathering food, right? <laughs> no, yeah, right. That's a forager. <laughs> Not a forger. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ed Kratz, let's get into this. As, as we know, we're talking about since Thursday, the draft has been going on. Uh, we're going to compare notes here in just a moment, but I wanted to just kind of get your overall thoughts of the draft overall. Certainly, we know that there was some trading and stuff, Colts, that the Colts were involved in a trade-up, but let's just give an overall thought process on how uh, this is handled. If you're a defensive player and, you're, and you were high to go in the draft, chances are you're already off the board. This has been a, a huge defensive uh, tilted uh, draft. So let's talk about what your, your overall thoughts, and certainly you've been right there in the war room with the Eagles, and what, what are your thoughts there? And we'll get into some of these uh, passing grades and some comparing notes of, of our draft. So go right ahead, sir. Yeah, defense. I mean, what was its first, I think, six picks went to defense. Um which is the first time in a long time that happened. And, and then there was a switch over to some offense. There was a wide receiver run early, um, you know, starting at number eight when the Falcons took Drake London. And then uh, I guess it was Seattle took uh, – I'm not sure. I can't remember who Seattle took. But then at 10, 11, 12, you saw three receivers come off the board. So, you know, there's been a lot of receivers taken. There's been a lot of Georgia players taken, um, the most – uh, Georgia, the, the most defensive players taken from one school since 1967 when the draft started in the first three rounds was Georgia. Seven other defensive players went in the first three rounds, and the Eagles got two of them, Jordan Davis and the Kobe Dean. But, um, you know, that's kind of crazy. And then, you know, always it's about the quarterbacks, right? So, you know, the quarterbacks were sitting on the board just sliding all the way down after Kenny Pickett went to the to the Steelers and then nothing until – Gosh, I can't even remember who was, you know, the next quarterback picked and, and where he was picked, but uh, it was a while, and, you know, that's kind of surprising. That, that People said this wasn't – nobody was excited about this quarterback class, and they put their money where their mouth is, and nobody picked any So um, until late. So, you know, we'll see how those guys pan out. I, you know, I think there's still some available maybe um, as we start the third day of the draft today on Saturday, but – you know, we'll see where they go. But that's kind of it. You know, I think the Georgia defense, you know, the defensive run early on and the quarterback situation are kind of the three things that stand out to me about this draft so far. 
Well, it's certainly been a, a good draft, so let's go ahead and let uh, – I, I think it's been an interesting draft. And I, I want to go through our report card here, and say, or at least my report card. Uh, we, we'll talk about your grades and so forth as well. Uh, but let's uh, let's talk about the Eagles specifically because that's your, your home plate. What, 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 what did the Eagles do right? What did the Eagles do wrong uh, in the first three days here of the draft? And how do you well, – I think day one. That? We'll, we'll add that to it. it yeah, day one, I thought they did great. I mean, you know, they, they got the defensive tackle they wanted. They're, you know, they moved up two picks to get them. They had to give up three draft picks to do it. You know, they started the draft with ten picks. But, I, you know, it's the cost of doing business for getting the player you like. And I met Jordan Davis uh, on Friday. They brought him to the facility and, you know, just a big dude who, you know, seems very likable. So I love that pick. And then, of course, they traded. Uh, for A.J. Brown, you know, the superstar wide receiver from the Titans who is probably one of the top five receivers in the league. And, uh, you know, to me, that's back-to-back home runs for the Eagles in the first round. Uh, you know, in, in fact, it's interesting because that pick really, what it all boils down to is the pick that the Eagles got from the Colts for Carson Wentz is how they were able to trade for A.J. Brown. So basically they traded Carson Wentz for A.J. Brown, which is, you know, kind of crazy when you think about it you know, on that level. But, you know, A.J. Brown's really going to help this offense and Jalen Hurts with now you got Devontae Smith on the other side. And, uh, you know, that that's to me a home run day. And then day two, yesterday they, they take a, a center, which, you know, I thought they, you know, they, they don't have a starting cornerback opposite Darius Slay, anybody that's proven. So, you know, that's a big question mark. And I thought maybe they would try to get someone at that spot or at safety where they're pretty thin as well. But they went with a backup center to Jason Kelsey, uh, actually, he's a starting center from Nebraska. He started three years at Nebraska, Cam Jurgens. But, uh, you know, Kelsey's still playing, and you, you pick this guy, and he's not going to play unless something happens to Kelsey. Um, so, you know, I mean, he's a good player, but, you know, was he in need? And then afterward, Howie Roseman said, you know, hey, well, you know, he was their high, our highest-ranked player on the board. When it came time to pick at 51, it was him or Nicobe Dean, and we decided to go with, you know, Cam Jurgens. And uh, lo and behold, Nicobe Dean is still there when the Eagles come around to pick at number 83 late last night. Um, and they grabbed Nicobe Dean, who was a first-round, you know, prospect. But there was this medical report that was out on him. And, uh, you know, I, I wrote about it. I won't go into it here, but it, it sounded like a bogus medical report, and that's why he fell. But the Eagles got good value there. So I, I give their, you know, their first day an A-plus. I give their second day probably a – you know, an A, uh, you know, I think Cam Jurgens is good, but it's questionable why they would take a backup center, you know, when they don't really need a back. Well, they need a backup center, but he's not going to play. But he's a good player. But, you know, I don't know if that makes sense. Uh, but, I, you know, so I give, I give it an A minus maybe or a B plus day two. And then today they, they just have two picks left. You know, they had to trade a couple more picks to get uh, – uh, A.J. Brown, so they started the draft with 10 picks. They're only going to make five. I thought yesterday they would try to trade back and, and recoup some more picks, but they only have two picks today. Uh, they're not. They're going to sit out the fourth round. They have a pick in the fifth. They're going to sit out the sixth, and then they have a pick in the seventh. So, um, you know, it's uh, not as much draft capital as they had coming in, but I think they really got some good players led by A.J. Brown, the receiver. And they gave him a big contract after they traded him. Um, and that's a whole other story, how they negotiated that deal. Um, they had about a half hour to negotiate the contract. The parameters of the trade were in place, but really between picks 12 and picks 15, 
for when the Eagles negotiated that contract. And had they not been able to do it by the time they hit the clock, that deal would have been off. So, you know, Howie Roseman and A.J. Brown's agent were able to get a deal done, $100 million for four years, $57 million guaranteed, and now the Eagles have a real nice new shiny piece for their offense. Well, I tell you what, it's 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 going to be interesting to, to see how the Eagles play out. Uh, my take on the Colts, I mean, just recently uh, they, they traded up to get the, the safety from Maryland and Nick Cross. I mean, I think that's a, 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 a certainly a solid pick. Uh, you know, the Colts went from not having a pick in the first round to having four picks in the second and in, in, in third rounds. And remember, I told you I don't like to use my brain on a Saturday morning, but I guess this is vengeance because I made you use your brain uh, early th- this morning. But, I, you know, going up to how they started the draft, the number two, number 53 overall with Alec Pierce, that is a spot that we need to fill. We're talking about the Eagles. Uh, I mean, we lost, we lost uh, Zach Paschal and – you know, uh, T.Y. Hilton is still unsigned, so, so uh, technically he's still a Colt, but I think a lot of people think he's he's looking at retirement, which good, bad, or indifferent, we've got to we've got to you know have that position filled. So I do think that number two, number fifty-three overall with Alec Pierce, wide receiver out of Cincinnati, was a great pick. Uh, certainly, we picked up a tight end from Virginia, which we're going to need after losing Jack Doyle. So that's a that's a good pickup. I, I think address a lot of needs uh, certainly on the offensive line yes we need some help because you know Matt Ryan's going to need some help there uh, so uh, we picked up Bernard uh, Raymond out of uh, Michigan so you know Nick Cross I think is just a, a great great fit uh, so certainly the Colts set into the final day with with the drafts with with the draft picks of four picks and one from the fifth I think uh, and two in the sixth, uh, so they still have, need a cornerback and a linebacker, and it would not be surprising if they select a, another receiver. But I am not as an elite man in knowledge of football as you are. I'm just kind of one of those guys that knows it all. <laughs> <laughs> Jack of all trades. You like that? You like that? Yeah. And let's let's uh, let's uh, get into our report card here, and let's just and we want to just go through this here. We may go into overtime just a little bit, but we'll try to keep overtime uh, to a minimum according to the balance overtime rules, which are, are subject to change, right? Just like the NFL. Let's right, talk about right, the Jaguars. As long as I get the, as long as I get the ball, Tom. Just as long as I get the ball. That's right. Like, <laughs> That's right. Well, we'll, <laughs> let, we'll let you have the ball last. We promise. Okay. The Jaguars right. picked up Javon Walker. I, I mean, certainly a, a pick, a good pick. Uh, and, and I guess this is, you know, more of a projection than anything, but they do need the edge help there. Uh, he, he, he plays more like that five-down technique. He's a good player. He's a tough player. He's a physical player. But he isn't an explosive rusher. So if you gave that uh, – that if you're going to go with the first round and you can get the pick of the litter, I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe I would have gone with an offensive lineman here. I, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure – but I mean, it's certainly a B. I mean, it's it's not a failing grade by any side. But I wouldn't give them an A. Uh, and certainly, I had them picking uh, Hutchinson, and you had Thibodeau. Thibodeau went a little bit later with the Giants. We'll get to them in a second. Uh, but what are your thoughts on the Jaguars' grade? Trayvon Walker from Georgia. Again, we mentioned Georgia being will be brought was brought up a lot this week in the draft. Uh, but uh, what are your grades? What are your thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, 
I, Trayvon Walker wouldn't have been my pick first overall. I mean, I guess he's a good player, but you know, it was such a, a strange draft that there was no consensus first overall pick. And, you know, there were some good players in the draft, but are they all, you know, worthy of top 10 picks? I mean, I, to me, Sauce Gardner, my Gardner's the best player in this draft, a cornerback. Um, and, and I like Kayvon Thibodeau a lot. Uh, you know, Trayvon Walker, yeah, he's, he's good. You're right. I don't think he's special. Um, but, exactly. you know, that's the, that, that's the Jaguars for you. You know, they just – Yeah, I hate to say that, but, you know, even with Doug Peterson as the coach, they just – I don't know. I would have made it – you know, maybe he goes on to have an all-pro career, but I, I that wouldn't have been my pick. I just don't think he's a special player. But, again, the draft was what it was, and there's it was hard to identify that special player. And, you know, I don't yeah. know if they needed a cornerback, and I, I would have taken Ahmad Gardner first overall, a cornerback. I know it's not a real – position that you do but in this past happy nfl why not you know i would have taken a cornerback and i would have taken a mod gardner or if i'm gonna get a rusher i like Kayvon thibodeau at the top of the class yeah and that's who you had them you had them going with you know you mentioned that you said the word special a couple times i'm not dissecting your 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 answer but you did say the word special a couple times and i totally 100 percent agree with you he's a great player uh, Trayvon Walker is a great player, but he's not special. So the question is, and, and we can di- dissect this till the cows come home, um, but the question is, if you have the number one pick overall and you've got that, <laughs> thanks to the Colts in part, but that's I digress. If you have that pick and it's given to you and it's a golden egg, would you not – think that you would take every effort to find that special player. Now, special might be defined differently by you, me, or and, and, and maybe they do feel like they picked up the special player, but I think you and I agree he's great, but he's not special. They could have done a, a little bit a little bit better. Let's go with the Lions. Okay, now the Lions picked up the Hutchinson, picked up AD and Hutchinson. I talked with uh, Rick a little bit about this. He said he, he felt like maybe they could have gone in a different direction. I think mostly because the guy went to, to Michigan, but that's that's a whole other thing because he's a Notre Dame guy, and you know we could get, we could get into all that. But they did need a, a pass rusher in the worst way. I mean, the Lions needed a lot of help. Let's not lie, <laughs> there was a lot of holes. Yeah. Uh, so they they have to be thrilled that 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 uh, Hudson is there. So I mean, he's he's a polished edge rusher. He'll be an impact right away. The the Lions have have to be able to have an a, impact. The quarterback better. Sorry, I can't talk today. Um, and Hutchinson can, can do that. So certainly, you know, I, I give him a, a passing grade. I'll give him an A on this. I, I think that was a, a good pick for Hutchinson. What are your thoughts on the Lions, Hutchinson's uh, from Michigan? Uh, yeah, I guess Rick probably wanted Kyle Hamilton in that spot, right? The he did. Safety. He did. Yeah. yeah he did. I saw some mock drafts. Some mock drafts went had Malik Willis going number two. And my goodness, that guy, when, when did he come on? It was late last night when he got picked, I think. Yeah, I know. I saw some uh, tweets about that. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, sure. They, they, that was the strength of the draft, was the edge rushers and the O tackles, I think. And, uh, yeah, they grabbed one, and then I like how they came back in round two, and they got another pass rusher, who, a guy who I really like, and I, I think the Eagles really liked him, too. And you wonder if he had been there, you know, I think it was – the Lions took him at 46, and the Eagles were coming up at 51. But, you know, I wonder if the Eagles would have 
given some thought to a guy named Josh Pascal from Kentucky. He, you know, he's a three-time captain. He, he's battled cancer, uh, melanoma in his foot. Um, it caused him to miss one of his seasons. But, you know, three-time captains, man, they're, they're great. They're great leaders. You know, if you're a three-time captain for a team in, the, you know, like Kentucky in the SEC, um, so they, they followed it up again and took another pass rusher. So, yeah, they, they've got two really good edge rushers now, in my opinion, um, in Hutchinson and Pascal. And they've got, I think, a couple more picks later today to, I don't know, maybe try to find a quarterback. You know, Jared Goff, is he a rental type player? Or are they going to get a, I don't know what quarterbacks are left. Um, but, you know, and I like their second pick in the first round, Jamison Williams. They traded all the way up with uh, – you know, a division opponent, the Vikings. I don't know what the Vikings are thinking in this draft, by the way. But um, anyway, Lions grab the 12th pick overall, and they take the receiver from Alabama, Jamison Wilson, a kid, or Jamison Williams, a kid who I really liked. I think he's the best receiver mm-hmm. in the class. And uh, so, yeah, I think the Lions are having a really nice draft. I like the draft they're having. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you picked Hutchinson. I picked Trevon Walker uh, in the, in this pick. Uh, certainly, uh, we, we go to the the uh, AFC uh, uh, South, and that's the Texans. And of course, they're in here with the Colts, uh, and they they get Derek Stingley Jr. I had uh, Sticky Ikebuka. <laughs> you had you had <laughs> to me. Yeah. And there again, I'm critical because the AFC South. I I I totally look at any team in the AFC South a little bit differently. So just keep in mind that, that that my thought pattern on any team from the AFC South comes from there. To me, this pick at the number three doesn't make sense. They play a defense that, that doesn't put a, a premium on quarterback, cornerback, yet they picked one over a pass rusher. Stingley is an outstanding cover corner, but it's just a little odd. Pass rusher or tackle was a, was a better option, in my opinion, I give them a C here. The Texans, Stingley Jr., cornerback out of LSU. Yeah, I'll go see with you there. It was a surprise pick. I mean, you know, Daniel Jeremiah, the, you know, the great NFL network analyst, he, you know, he, he said some teams like Stingley better than Gardner. And, uh, you know, you're going off his 2019 tape, and, um, which was, you know, very awesome. But he didn't do much since 2019. So, I, to me, it's – I don't know. I guess they liked him better than Gardner, but I would have taken Gardner like I did in our mock draft. But uh, <laughs> you did, yeah, and uh, you sure did. And, uh, and, that, and they and they took a guard in the first round. You know, I don't know about guards in the first round. Uh, Kenyon Green, I mean, he's a really good player, but you know, is, is guard a real need? And that, they took him after the Eagles traded up with the Texans. So thank you to Houston for that. That helped the Eagles get Jordan Davis. But then they take Kenyon Green. Uh, I really like the safety they took in the second round, Jalen Petrie from from Baylor. Um, again, someone that the Eagles may have been interested in had he been sitting there at 51. Um, so that's a good pick. And then I think they I think they, they take a receiver in the four, their next pick in the third round, or maybe it was still in the second round. The guy uh, from Alabama, John Mechie, they took. He um, yeah, I mean he's coming off an injury. You know, is he special? I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, he's 5'11". Uh, you know, maybe a weapon for Davis Mills there. But uh, I, I knew they were all in on Davis Mills. But, again, if you want a quarterback, maybe you go get one today. I don't know how many picks they have uh, left in the second day. But I know they have one from the Eagles uh, that they traded to move up. 
So uh, I don't know. I, I, I give it a C. I'll go C with, with the Texans. Well, full disclaimer, uh, I, I've only been paying to the full pit, uh, full extent, uh, pretty much with the Colts uh, in the AFC South. So, you know, full extent, I, I, I did follow, so I don't know all the picks that are coming up. What I do know on the number four pick, the Jets got their special sauce. And for change, we could get to say something good about the Jets. I mean, especially if you're in the AFC East, you've got to stop the Bills and Josh Allen. That means that cover corners are at a premium. Gardner is the best cover player in the draft. This should be mean more for Robert Sale, Sala, Sala, and crew. I think it's a good pick. I'll give him an A on that to the Jets, uh, Ahmad Sauce Gardner. And you had uh, Trayvon Walker here, and I had Thibodeau, and Thibodeau went to the other Giants team. We'll get to that grade here in a second. But uh, what do you think about the Jets? I think they, I mean, I jokingly say that Jack, uh, the, the Jets finally did something right. I'm really not joking. Go ahead, Ed. What are your thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to go A with the Jets. I think they're having a great draft. Um, you know, Sauce Gardner, like I said, best player. They And they took a receiver, uh, you know, six picks later at number 10, Garrett Wilson from Ohio State, who, you know, some people would tell you he's the best receiver in the draft. I think it's Jameson Williams. But, you know, they got Garrett Wilson. Uh, and then they got an edge rusher who just kept sliding down the board for some reason. They they, they traded mm-hmm. uh, back into the first round and got Jermaine Johnson from Florida State, who, you know, I don't know why he fell that far, but, you know, he was perceived as a top 15 or 20 pick at least. So, you know, he slid down to 26, and the the Jets traded up and they grabbed him. I mean, that, that's a great first round to me, you know, to get Gardner, Wilson, and Johnson. And then they get a running back. They take the first running back, I think, of the draft. There was no running backs taken in the first round, first time since 2014. Uh, that happened. So then they take uh, they trade with the Giants. You know, two, it was a New York, New York trade, the old Frank Sinatra trade, New York, New York. Um, they trade with the Giants, and they, they take Brees Hall from Iowa State, the running back. So, you know, the Jets you – know, and then they, I think they took a tight end too later on. So I mean, they just keep piling on, piling in the uh, you know the picks here. And I I love what they've done. I might even go A plus with the Jets here. Uh, it's a tough division, obviously the AFC East. I mean, have they done enough? I mean, they've, I think they've done all they can with what they what they have. The question is going to be: Is Zach Wilson the real deal? I mean, as great of a draft this as this is for Joe Douglas, the GM. It's all going to come down to whether or not Zach Wilson can play where they took him, what, third or fourth last year? Um, that's the only way I think they're going to get in there with the Bills and, you know, the Dolphins who vastly upgraded. You know, they didn't have any draft picks, but they traded away for Tyree Kill and they brought in a bunch of guys. So uh, are, are the Jets in the mix? They could be. I mean, the Patriots, the Patriots had a questionable draft. I know we haven't gotten there yet, but the strange draft for them. Um, so, yeah, I think the Jets did enough be in the mix, but it'll all depend on Zach Wilson, the guy they got last year, the quarterback. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what it is. And, you know, now we're over to the Giants, and, and Tribido uh, falls, not falls, but gets to the Giants. He's out of Oregon. He's a you know, as, we, as, as we've talked about, he's the best pure uh, pass rusher in the draft, and he certainly has the ex- ex- explosive ability uh, that the Giants really need bad. The question with him is now his character. Does he love the game? I don't know. But I think he'll get uh, uh, get past any of that talk and become a dominant edge player. I, I, I like this pick. I'll give him an A. The Giants, uh, Tribodeau, um, you know, and we can get in all that social media talk. But, you know, 
if, if, if yeah. you don't love the game, don't play the game. Let's just, we'll leave the comments there. But uh, I'll give them an A. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it was hard for them to screw this up. I mean, they're picking five and seven overall. I mean, you can't screw that up, uh, you know. So, yeah, Thibodeau, I mean, whatever. He's got these off-field adventures, whatever you want to call them. I mean, that's good for him. I mean, um, listen, that, that's, you know, if he can balance that, great. Uh, and then they take Evan Neal, the, the Alabama lineman. You can't go wrong with an Alabama player, in my opinion. So, yeah, it was a hard draft for them to screw up, um, you know, it, I give him an A for the first round, but then, you know, the second round, you know, they take Wandale Robinson, who was a bit of a surprise pick, 43rd overall. Um, you know, little guy, 5'8", 180 pounds, uh, very fast. But, you know, it seems like he's a little like Kadarius Tony, a guy that they drafted the first round last year who they were apparently looking to trade. Uh, they did not, but, you know, he's kind of the same guy. And then, you know, they took a guy in the third round, Cordell Flott from LSU. I never heard of him. I mean, that's – probably my fault but you know i don't know i from yeah. after day one uh i i, I probably slide their grade down to a, a very low b minus over the second and third round so um we'll see how that pans out but i, I love their first round tough to screw that up second round third round not real sold on it okay so um let's talk about the the top quarterbacks in the nfl draft we got to talk about Carson Strong. Come on now. Come on. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Yeah. What are your thoughts? Carson Strong. Uh, is, is he still available? He's still available. I, I didn't get picked today, but I, I, I just had to throw throw him throw him in the mix there just because we have a history. <laughs> I don't see it. Yeah, right. I, I think That's he's still it. on the board, but. Yeah, yeah I I, you know, I know there were quarterbacks coming off fast and furious, but we had Nicobe Dean talk to us after midnight, and then you know Howie Roseman and his front office people talked to us around then. So, you know, things kind of got busy, so I wasn't really up to date on all the latest picks. But um, I don't know if he's still out there or not. I mean, hard, hard to say. I know you have a quarterback with him. I didn't know Nevada had a football team. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. But, uh, <laughs> we don't even have a quarterback with him anymore. He's a recycled water bottle, remember? <laughs> well, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, he don't. looks like he is still available. I, I yeah, should have been I prepared. I, don't know. For... I, know, I know Willis went off. Um, I mean, I, I, I don't know. Uh, I guess he's still available. Like, guys like Sam Howe, I don't know if he got picked. I think he's still available. I definitely think he's yeah. still available. So, we'll 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 put a pin in that and and re reconvene on that. How about that? Yeah, so I'm with I do you want that. to talk about a quarterback that I thought would go a lot sooner, but you know we talked about this before. Uh, the Steelers need a quarterback. Ben Roethlisberger's gone. I think they've got Mitch Trubisky, and you know they had the the sad situation uh, with the death of their player. So they pick up Kenny Pickett. I saw, you know, how they always do the flashes on TV and they show the players waiting and waiting and Kenny Pickett's waiting and waiting and his girlfriend, I think, sitting back there and she's just playing on her phone like she's not really like, she's really kind of like in a, not in a good mood. But he did get picked yeah. by the Steelers and I love this pick. He's a local kid uh, to play quarterback and he'll, he'll I think he'll be the best quarterback in the class. Uh, 
give him a few games to, to get adjusted, uh, and he'll have the job. I'm pretty sure that he'll I, – I can't say 100%, but one would say that he'll have that starting job and be the new franchise quarterback. Uh, and Pickett has all the tools necessary to be a quality starter. This works in a lot of ways. I give them an A-plus. Steelers pick up Kenny Pickett. Yeah, good pick. Good kid, Kenny Pickett, uh, New Jersey kid. Uh, you know, I think it'll help that he's staying in Pittsburgh. He doesn't have to go to another city. He's familiar with the city, the people, the fans, the, the food. Uh, you know, so I think that'll help his adjustment to the NFL. But uh, the knock on him was his age. You know, he's going to be 24 years old this summer. Um, you know, you look around the league at some quarterbacks like Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia. He's 23. And he's been in the league for two years, and so he's younger than Kenny Pickett, who's going to be 24. Um, so, you know, that's kind of the knock on him. But, you know, he's a ready to, ready-made uh, player. He can step in and, and, and play and start just because of that experience. But, you know, when you invest in a quarterback, you'd like to be a little bit younger, you know, to get a little bit more from him. But the you know, Steelers needed a quarterback. You know, Ben Roethlisberger's gone. Mitch Trubisky, I'm not sure, excites, the, you know, the fan base. So, sure, bring in Kenny Pickett and throw him in the mix, see if he can do it. thought it was a good pick. I like the draft the Steelers had. They, You know, they took George Pickens from Georgia, who's a terrific receiver. He, he could be, you know, one of the top three receivers in this draft, and he went in the second round to them. And then um, – you know, that that was a good pick. I know he got hurt and he battled on injury, but I like him. And then they took a defensive tackle, who I like, Marvin Leal from Texas A&M. Uh, so, you know, the Steelers, you know, once again, having a good draft. That's why they compete year in and year out, is they draft well, they make good decisions. And, you know, I'm not sure they're going to be in that upper echelon with, you know, the Ravens and the, maybe the Browns. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think they're in the mix to, to win that division again. I, just based on these first few picks they've had, it's a, it, it's a good draft from them. I'm giving them an A. Yeah, absolutely. I know we had uh, Ritter and uh, Matt Connell. I can't read my own, my own writing. So uh, neither one of us got that. Let's talk about yesterday, and we'll wrap it up, put a bow on it, because uh, I know we're officially into balance overtime, guys, and we promise that we'll let Ed have the ball last but, you know, we were talking about Kenny Pickett. You know, I, again, you know, he did kind of look like, okay, we're getting really low in the first round. And I thought for sure I was going to be a first-round pick. He, he was probably firing his agent about that. <laughs> you know, but, but he was the lone quarterback taken in, in the first round. And Thursday, there was, there was an assumption that there could be a run of quarterbacks early on in the day. But, after all, there, there were a handful of, of quarterback-needy teams at the top of, of the second round, including the Seahawks, uh, the Falcons. However, um, each of these teams decided against addressing that position and, 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 and uh, went in a different direction. Although the Falcons did eventually take the Ritter, who we just talked about, with the 74th pick um, to be the QB. Uh, we, can we say snap the, the, the skid, the losing skid, if you will, for a quarterback? Uh, but yeah. uh, this was the most picks between quarterbacks since the record was set in 1975 when 63 pit, picks elapsed, elapsed sorry, uh, from yeah, the first yeah. selection of the second. Now, wouldn't that be cool today if I was able to say when 66 picks had elapsed? That would have been a good trivia question. But, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we can have a historic – we did have an historic drought, uh, if you will, in quarterbacks. I, I don't know that that's a bad thing, 
actually it might be a good thing because it means that teams are looking at other positions and are trying to win championships through the draft, which I've always thought was the best way to handle things. What are your thoughts on the, on the QB overall thoughts on the draft with QBs or no thoughts at all or trying to? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, um, like I said at the start, you know, quarterbacks, the, the whole quarterback class being as down as it was or was perceived to be is a big story. Um, and, and I think some of that has to do with what could be coming in the 2023 draft at that position. You know, it's supposed to be, you know, a much better class. Uh, you know, you got the guy from Ohio State, C.J. Stroud, and you have, uh, you, you have some others in there, uh, Bryce Young at Alabama. So, you know, part of that could have been what's coming and guys and teams just waiting to see what's going to be there next year and how their team does with uh, what they have in-house, that they didn't see these guys anything more than just kind of potential backups as they develop in their career. But, um, yeah, I, you know, it's amazing that there was that long drought between – uh, Pickett and Desmond Ritter. Uh, you know, I mean, Matt Corral, I don't, I don't know who's given that guy advice, but he went to the green room and, you know, why would you do that if you're Matt Corral? I mean, was he really expecting to go in the first round? I mean, uh, you know, it's kind You'd of embarrassing. That, You'd be surprised at the ego, ego stroking that agents do to players uh, prior to the draft. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I wouldn't get it at all, but who, Who's ever given him advice? If that was an agent, I'd, I'd fire him, you know, in a minute. Um, so I, I don't know. Uh, it's uh, I, I've never know. had the I've never had the privilege of having an agent to fire, so I don't know if I'd fire him or not. But anyway, hey, let's, yeah. well, let's he did, talk he, about he, this. With, go ahead. He did go, go to ahead. the Panthers. Matt, Matt Corral did go to the Panthers, right? I mean, yeah, I he think did. they took Absolutely. him. Yes. Yeah, so I mean, you know. Uh, I like him. I mean, I, I like some of these quarterbacks. We'll see how they develop. But, yeah, I, I mean, you know, he he went, and uh, but it's a far cry from the first round. You know, we talk about, you know, players who thought they were going to be highly drafted. And, and we talked a little bit about this in passing earlier, the, the Kobe Dean free fall. I mean, he fell all the way down. And, then of course, you know this, the Eagles picked him up in the, in the 83rd pick of the third round. So what happened? I mean, I don't know what caused him to fall because I'll report well, to I everybody. I, 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 oh, you did? That's I right. You did. It. I want to get that up yeah, there. I mean, Melissa, make yeah, sure we get I mean, that and if you want to read book. a pretty interesting, yeah, if you want to read an interesting story, you know, you should read that. I would suggest it's, you know, on my, on my, uh, my site, eaglemaven.com or, you know, I, I tweeted out at Kratzy on Twitter, but yeah, that I we'll, put that up there. We'll get it up. So, yeah. So it's real a bogus quick, medical Ed, report. Yeah. How, how embarrassing it is for the host to have somebody come on and talk about an article that they wrote about, and I haven't read it. You, you owe me uh, oh, well, detention oh, time. No, well, yeah. <laughs> I owe you detention Listen, time. Listen, Tom, I, 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 I didn't post it until about 1.30 in the morning. I mean, like I said, we didn't talk to Kobe until after midnight, and then, you know, by the time you write it and post it, it's 1.30. So, you know, that, I, that didn't go up on my site until uh, – you know, after one thirty in the morning, so it's not even been up there for twelve hours. So I can't blame you. You were probably, you know, tucked tucked in bed and dreaming dreams. And uh, when that story went up, so I put it out there again. Yeah, well, I, but, you know, I can't remember what time I did go to bed, but you're right. I I don't think I was up at that time. I was suffering from uh, being beat by Melissa in Jenga. So. <laughs> 
Yeah, you didn't tell where your letter went, I hope, you know. Yeah. Uh, it's been years since we played that game, and we came across we, – we were in this mix of doing nostalgic stuff, like getting nostalgic cereal, playing games. Like, So we bought a Jenga game. We hadn't had that. So, I mean, you go to bars, and they got big ones there, but they haven't had one, so I forgot how mm. – how much my hands uh, don't work as good as they used to. <laughs> but but I, but I, I, I find I out every time I try to, yeah, you know, I I find out how well my hands don't work anymore when I try to tweet or text. You know, my 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 fat little Absolutely. thumbs are like pressing two letters at the same time. Absolutely. Well, uh, you know, real quickly, you know, let's let we got to wrap this up and put a bow on it, but. Titans yep. did select Malik Willis as part of their quarterback drought. We talked about that, or, or, you know, a few minutes ago, uh, and, and certainly ended up calling his name on Friday. And you know, his fall is noteworthy in itself, given his potential. It's even more eyebrow-raising, if you will, that the Tennessee Titans ultimately decided to pull the trigger and pluck him off the board. Um, probably could have used a different mm-hmm. word than that, but uh, Malik Willis got plucked <laughs> from the. <laughs> from the Titans, yeah. uh, obviously they they uh, eventually want to move on from Ryan Tannehill, but uh, Malik Willis this is a, a good a good pick, and I give the Titans an A for that pick. I think he's got some good potential down there in Nashville. Yeah, I, you know it was interesting, and, I, and they said this on the telecast. Uh, you know, I happened to hear it, um, but I was surprised that the Titans were one of the teams that weren't at his pro day. Um, to see him, you know, John Robinson and uh, Mike Rabel didn't go to the pro day and yet they were the ones that took him. So, you know, we put all this emphasis on teams that are at pro days and, you know, all this other stuff. And you don't have to be at a pro day to like a guy to take him. And um, that's what they did. And you're right. He could take over Tannehill after this year. I mean, they're not, they're not beholden to Tannehill, but it'd be nice if they still had AJ Brown if they're in Tennessee, but now he's an Eagle and the Eagles will happily take him. But yeah, Malik Willis, if he develops and becomes the guy that, you know, they think he can be, that was a great pick. We're going to get this up on Twitter and we're going to make this the, I said, I give you the ball. So I'm going to get your comments. I actually think it's kind of comical. We're going to get it up on Twitter here in a few minutes. Uh, But uh, one of the producers, the NFL producers with the draft, really kind of in a nice, flight, professional way, asked Reno to stop babbling and, answer, and announce the Vikings draft pick. <laughs> uh, the, the NFL needs to – I mean, this guy was just going on, and I, you have to watch it on Twitter. I don't know if you had a chance to see it or hear it. Uh, I did. You know, usually there's the now. standard, you know, one-liner and the Vikings pick, whoever, and Reno began rambling on the podium like he was preaching a sermon. He, he spoke for so long without revealing a selection that a producer actually needed to walk to the podium and push him along. That was the first in NFL history that I believe that a sermon was delivered uh, from the booth on draft day. Well, <laughs> you, you knew yeah. who that guy was, right? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Ed, Ed Marinaro. Did you ever see the Hill Street Blues uh, television series years and years ago? Yeah. Uh, yeah, he was on that. He was one of the stars oh, really? of that show, Ed Marino. Yeah, that was it's him. Forgotten about that. Uh, yeah, maybe he's he trying to get another Emmy. Emmy. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but that that was bizarre. Um, and just like the Vikings draft, I mean, very bizarre draft. They kept trading back, and they weren't getting very good value. I mean, I know they have a first year GM there, but my goodness, uh, I thought the Vikings did a, a bad job. I know they got Lewis Steen, the safety with the last pick in the first round, but man, 
I don't know. I, I question some of the things that the Vikings did in this draft, trading back and you know, not getting good good picks there, I don't think. Well, we're going to give you the final ball. The final word goes to you as we got to wrap up the balance over time. What, uh, yeah. where, okay. what are you going to be doing today? On, are you going to do anything that resembles the word 66? Are you going to get six hours and 66 minutes of sleep? I hope I get more <laughs> than that. <laughs> I hope you do too, man. I hope you do. Well, wait. Six, if, you, if you did six hours and 66 minutes, that's seven hours and six minutes. There you uh, go. Do the math. 66 minutes is an hour and six minutes. So if you had six hours and 66 minutes of sleep, you're getting seven hours and six minutes of sleep. Is that right? Did I do yeah, that absolutely. math right? I'm so glad we're, <laughs> we're in overtime. <laughs> and we're using our brains now. What's the matter with us? Uh, That's right. Well, my last word we're, would be, uh, yeah. oh, what am I doing today? Yeah. I, well, the Eagles are picking. I'm going to head over to the facility now. I ended up staying in the city, so I have a you know very short you know, five minute drive over to the facility and I'm just going to kind of, you know, write some stuff and put it up on my, uh, on my site and my Twitter. And, and, uh, so if you want to follow along there, you can at crafty, um, and at eaglemaven.com is my website, www.eaglemaven.com. Uh, so yeah, that's what I'll be doing. Just kind of writing. And so it's going to be a beautiful day here, 70 degrees, but I'll be inside working for, for you, the people. <laughs> All right. Well, we the people uh, appreciate it, sir. You have yourself a, a good weekend and and have a, a good last day of draft. Thanks, Tom. You too. Have a good day. All right, buddy. Ed Kratz, beater writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and SI.com, helping us wrap it up and put a bow on it as we're officially out of time here on the balance. If you're listening to the overtime for the last 15 minutes or so, it has been on our podcast, and so make sure you hit like and subscribe so that we know how awesome you are. We already know how awesome we are. Make sure you follow us on the Twitter at T-Balance and on Facebook, The Balance. My name is Tom Marquis, El Presidente. Don't drink and drive. It isn't cool. I'm out of here. Deuces. Join us next week for The Balance. In the meantime, check us out on Twitter, T-Balance, or Facebook, The Balance, or online at www.thebalanceonline.com.